Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. right slap dab you like that word slap dab in the middle of episode 89 where does slap dab come from i don't know but have you do you use that term too my kids dab okay what isn't that called the dab the little dance they do i don't know maybe dab you know they put their arms yeah there you go anyway we're that's the same thing slap dab but my my youngest son he likes to dab what is is it called dab or is it called something else no it's called dab but slap dab had nothing to do with that that, that's from when you know i was Five years old, and that was like 150 years ago. Day. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to report that my wife is all in with cooking the cake. Baking. She really? Oh, excuse me. Baking. baking I was corrected. Cake. Baking the cake. She corrected me. What when kind I of said cake we're going to have? She doesn't know yet. She's got like three or four that she's an expert in, and she you wants know what my favorite to, is? What's that? My favorite is caramel cake. Caramel cake. Ah, that's my favorite. I love it too. I don't, I'll, I'll talk to her about Ms. that. Kelly, if you're listening, that's what I like. All right. Well, she'll, she'll, I'm sure she's, she can find a good recipe if she doesn't already my have one. My wife's got a great recipe. Well, then we can. She can get from my wife. Okay. My wife probably, well, I, I don't want to speak for my wife because she's probably listening. <laughs> my wife makes a great caramel cake. Well, I, I think that's honorable. But I only, well, yeah, I, I only get it once a year for my birthday. Oh, once a year. Yeah, yeah. Ivy's favorite cake is something called um, Jewish apple cake. And he gets it once a year at his birthday, I think. So, what makes it Jewish? I don't know. It's just the term. It's a, it's a, it's a, little, a, it's a really good cake. But a little anyway. hummus on the side, a little that, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, hey guys, just get out there and let people know that uh, we're still rolling on, and it's exciting to see how many of you are listening and sharing. And it has to be because we have had so many listens, and we just appreciate you. Uh, getting the information, Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get your information out, and just help us to uh, connect Christ-centered faith to everyday lives every single day. Well, the Genesis account of creation, Pastor, has drawn curiosity from what seems like every field of study uh, that we have available to us in the modern world. Now, they might be trying to dispute it, but they certainly are talking about it. And in the last century, it's been examined, dissected, studied, ridiculed, and and many have dismissed it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yet as followers of the God of the Bible, we believe that God created everything that we see yeah. and that he did it out of nothing. And there's still a lot of confusing information from both sides that we have to kind of wade through. So as we begin this study on this ancient text, it has just uh, been wonderful. Um I, I just want, I just think there's many of us that want to know how can we best understand the Genesis account of creation as Bible-believing Christians? Right, how do we right. go about doing that, and what matters and what doesn't, those kind of things? Yeah, so on Sunday mornings now, we've started this message series through the book of Genesis that will take us 25 years to go through because Genesis is such a long book. The reason why we're doing Genesis is for me, it's job security, right? <laughs> yeah, you'll be in it till, till probably the no, Lord comes it, back. But. It won't take 25 years. It'll okay. take the rest of this year, maybe a little bit into um, 2022. We'll see. But it, it is a great book. And and so for me, you know, when, when we're preaching a book of the Bible, we've got to stay with the text and mm-hmm. help people to understand the text and how to apply the text and not get involved in the minutia mm-hmm. that's not in the text. And so like what we're talking about today is a very interesting subject, 
but it's not a subject the text addresses. And so on a Sunday morning, since I'm trying to keep us in the text, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time to deal with these issues. But on a podcast, it's fun to talk about mm-hmm. these things yeah. and just see what people think uh, about these different issues and how we can respond. And so the issue we're talking about today is the age of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously when you read Genesis, Genesis doesn't tell us how old the earth is. It doesn't give us a date for when God created the heavens and the earth. And so we, we're just trying to figure things out. And and so there's a lot of uh, back and forth on how old the earth is. And a lot of well-meaning Christians believe very different things about the age of the earth. Just out of the blue, you know, it's interesting that the first, one of the first Bibles I ever got literally had the day of creation as like 6,600 you know, yeah, BC yeah, or and there have been people like who try to figure that out and have given us exactly. Bishop Usher, I think, yeah, that's so came exactly up those right. numbers, yeah, and, yeah. and so it's kind of been a sticking point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I'm glad we're yeah. actually talking about yeah, the genealogy because and that's again, important. Again, I don't have uh, when it comes to these issues. What mm-hmm. what my my area of expertise mm-hmm. is is being able to exegete a text and get Amen. into the meaning of the text. That's what I do. Exactly. Right? That's I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I study the Bible. Right. So I am not a scientist. So I mm-hmm. even understand my limitations in a conversation like this. There, mm-hmm. there are lots of issues like carbon dating and fossil oh record boy. and all that. I have not done near enough research in those areas to know how to, um, you know, make my way through all that information and how to assimilate it and how we as Christians should, mm-hmm. should deal with that information. There are lots of people who have yeah. lots of, yeah. of, of Christian scientists and others who've, who've dug scientists kind of, who are Christian. Yeah, not the not the religion, Christian. That's exactly <laughs> hey, okay. right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but so so this is just you know for us you know two two preachers sitting at a table yeah. with a couple microphones. This is just giving you some information to think about, and uh, if there there's lots of resources for you out there if you want to dive deeper into this subject and to think more about it. And I I think it's good. I mean, I think this is what we're going to talk about today is going to be some good stuff that just kind of helps us think the thing through and to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know too, Trey. I mean, as well, just you know. When we come to the book of Genesis, we are probably asking a different question than what the ancient Hebrews were asking Mm. when uh, God gave them this book through Moses. So we talked about on Sunday morning is that as as the people are are in the wilderness after they've been delivered Mm -hmm. from Egypt, come through the Red Sea, uh, God gives Moses obviously the Ten Commands, the law, uh, but also, you know, somewhere along the way in the wilderness, you know, Moses records, mm-hmm. writes down their history, the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the big question, I think, the, the people were asking as they were in the wilderness was, was who is our God? Mm. See, our big question when we come to Genesis, I think, is where do we come from? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. How did it all begin? What is our origin? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Study of origins. Yeah, yeah. origins. And, and, and so and, and maybe that was in the minds of the Hebrew people somewhat. But, but here, here's what we do know about these ancient Hebrew people. They lived in a culture where everybody believed in a God. Mm-hmm. When they Some were God. in Egypt, they were exposed to lots of God, a multitude of gods. And then as they go through the promised land and get ready to enter, or excuse me, go through the wilderness and get ready to enter the promised land, in the promised land, obviously, they're going to be exposed to lots of gods as well. Exactly. Deity was just a part of their culture. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, in, in our um, modern culture, especially in our Western culture, uh, it's, it's you know, faith versus atheism, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're, you, you believe in something or you don't believe in something. I mean, in, in an ancient culture, everybody had faith in something. Something. There, some were, there were lots of gods. Yeah. And so, so, and every 
God had a creation story, or every religion, every whatever you, there was a creation, there were multiple creation stories. And so, so the people wandering through the wilderness, I don't think they were asking, you know, about origins of the earth. I think mm-hmm. they believed that a it God was, yeah. or had created in some way, and there were lots of stories, but mm-hmm. who is our God? Mm-hmm. What, what's the real story? Right. Who, who is our God and how did he really create? And what's interesting about Genesis is Genesis, uh, you know, it, it gives us this monotheistic God. It's not a multitude of gods. It's, it's one God who created all. And so, so I believe Genesis answers the question for the Hebrew people, who is our God and what does he want from us? And that's the questions. And we've talked about that several times now mm-hmm. here on the podcast and in the Sunday Morning Message. Uh, that's, that, those are the questions that are being answered more than, you know, what are our origins? How old is the earth? Uh, those questions that, that we have as, you know, modern Western cultured people. I mean, Darwinism really uh, threw a monkey wrench in everything Absolutely. as far as all of a sudden we had to kind of take sides as Christians when never before was there. I mean, yeah, we just yeah. we just believe God yeah, created. Yeah, what do we do with that? And I don't have and good so, answers. Yeah, we don't. Exactly. But what do we do with, you know, the evolution? And, mm-hmm. and that, that, that might be something we talk about in the days ahead sure. because we certainly don't believe in evolution. We believe in creationism. But what do we do with that? How do we respond to that? How mm-hmm. do we respond to the evidence of old earth and, and all those kinds of things? Is the earth four billion years old? I mean, what, what do we do with all that? And that's what I want us to try to get into today. At least put some options on the table for us to consider how to think through this very interesting issue. Well, I think uh, that that's what we need to do. Well, uh, I think that uh, we, I guess the best way to say this is we kind of fall into two categories here. Yeah. We have um, people that kind of tend to believe the what we call the old earth theory or old age theory. And then people that are more new age, new creation, newer creation. Yeah, so, in the so last it, few it, thousand yeah, it boils years. down to uh, for those of us who are Christians, followers of Jesus, we fall in two camps, right? Mm-hmm. By and large, that that there are those of us who are what we would call old earth creationists. We believe that the earth has been around for millions of years, or we're young earth creationists. Mm-hmm who believe the earth has been around for thousands of mm-hmm. years. Again, wherever you fall, whether it's old earth creationism or a young earth creationism, uh, this is not a test of your faith. Mm-hmm. You can be a, a wonderful follower of Jesus, faithful to the Lord, and hold either position. Mm-hmm. This is, when we talk about, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, there are those primary theolog- theological issues like, you know, the virgin birth or the resurrection of Jesus. Those things we, we must agree on. Mm-hmm. We don't have to agree on this one. Mm-hmm. In fact, we could name a number of respected Bible teachers who would differ on this position. One of the greatest defenders and apologists uh, ever was a man named Francis Schaeffer, and he's yeah. uh, back in the day. And he believed in what we call the day-age theory, mm-hmm. which simply means that every day was representative of an, of an age. Yeah. And so, obviously, old earth. He went yeah. with old earth. Yeah. And, uh, you know he was still good friends with Jerry Falwell, who was yeah. new earth. So, right, I mean, right, right. you know, we can, and they were good friends and work, work together and accomplished and uh, may, great and probably things. one of the most popular young earth creationists today is, is Ken Ham. Mm-hmm. Many of us know him. Um, Answers in Genesis.org mm-hmm. is right. his website. We've seen him debate on, you know, when, Bill Nye, I think he's the one who, who founded the creation museum, the Ark museum. And he, he is a very popular young earth creationist and, mm-hmm. and makes a good argument. And if you go to the web, his website, I mean, he, there's lots of articles and support 
of young earth creationism. But, but either way, I mean, you know, you have someone like Francis Schaeffer, who I believe is a very much, you know, a, was a solid believer in Jesus Christ, who loved the was, Lord. Yeah. And same about Ken Ham. Both guys love the Lord, just a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's uh, let's just dive right in and try to figure out uh, okay. what let's, we believe about both minutes. of these things. We, let's start with the old earth creationists okay. and where so, we stand with so that. So let's just talk through some different um, variations on this old earth creationism okay. and how they uh, they handle maybe the Bible and some of the things out there, right? So, so if you're an old earth creationist, you might say, you know, I've, I've read on this, that in the genealogies in the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. there are some potential gaps in those genealogies. And so what I mean by that is, uh, you mentioned him just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. this archbishop uh, back in the, the 1600s, Archbishop Usher. What he actually did, and there have been several attempts, he's not the only one to do this, to go through those genealogies and try to add up all the years mm-hmm. to get us back to a starting date. You know, And I think when you do that, it's what, 6,500 years or 7,000, yeah. something along those lines. But, but there have been attempts to do that, to take those genealogies mm-hmm. and use those as the basis to figure out how old the earth is. Uh, so, so what some old earth creationists might say is, okay, th- that might not be the best way to do it because there may be some gaps in those genealogies. Now, we know when we get to the New Testament, when we get to, for example, Matthew and Luke, mm-hmm. Matthew and Luke both give, a, give us genealogies, and their genealogies are selective. Mm-hmm. They don't give us every descendant because there's a, there's a theological point that in those genealogies yeah. that they're trying to prove. Yeah. Even when you go back to the Chronicles, mm-hmm. uh, you can find a couple of gaps in those genealogies. And so every descendant of every person is not listed in those genealogies. There are gaps here and there, and most evident in, in Matthew and Luke. There are gaps in those genealogies. First Chronicles, you see a gap or two here or there. Uh, and so so maybe that's the same case in Genesis. Yeah, I actually asked you the other day about uh, Uzziah. Where was he in? I, I can't remember which, right, which, right, of the, right. which of the genealogies. But one of them, he was not included. Right. And he was one of the longest reigning kings of Judah right, and right, not included. Right, so that right. kind of tells you sometimes they just yeah. leave out somebody for and, whatever reason. And so, you know, some old, not all, but some old earth creationists would just argue that, mm-hmm. that you can't add up the numbers in Genesis because they're probably there are some gaps that mm-hmm. they're more than giving uh, given us, you know, just uh, an exact timeline of people. This guy was this guy's dad and this guy's dad, you know, <laughs> d- down the line. And there's a theological purpose that, mm-hmm. that the author Moses is trying to communicate something to us through these genealogies that's, that's more significant than making sure every descendant is listed. And so, so what I read on one guy um, was that, that um, the purpose, if you look at the genealogies, obviously one of the things that uh, fascinates us in the genealogies of Genesis is how long the people lived. Mm-hmm. Like Methuselah lived unbelievable nine hundred ninety nine years or sixty nine years, something crazy. Like that. just crazy yeah. number of years, right? And so that might be the purpose of the genealogies to highlight, you know, this this time in human history where 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 people had these long and grand lives, and that could be the point, just to communicate that kind of thing. So again, we don't know. You you read, uh, for example, in uh, Genesis, the first genealogy that we have, where it talks about some of the descendants of Adam and just the the role, right, mm-hmm. that that particular person in the genealogy played mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. development of human history. So again, do we have every descendant in those genealogies? We don't know. We don't know. So we might, we might not. And so old earth creationists might say, well, we don't have all that information. So, you know, it, we could have skipped some mm-hmm. generations here and there. You know, if they were trying to do that, for instance, just think about it, they would, they would have probably only put the ones who live the longest. Yeah, you right, know, right, right, right. That's we, what we're saying. We yeah. might have several that didn't, you know, they just weren't worth mentioning. They died at, you know, the right, the, the young age of 300 or something. So you just don't know. And how often that happened, you have no idea. Yeah. So um, we have to, 
just, I guess what I'm saying is just be careful when you start to just, I'm just concerned whenever we just start counting down numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. when we don't understand why yeah, they did it. Yeah. All right. So the potential gap in genealogies. Number two, the six days of creation. This is what old earth creationists would say. The six days of creation are not 24 hour days. Yeah. Again, this, this is a perspective. Mm-hmm. Are the days in Genesis 1, are they 24-hour days, literal 24-hour days? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people believe, yes, they are. And then there are a lot of people who say, well, no, they're not. Because mm-hmm. that, that Hebrew word, and maybe you've heard the Hebrew word before, that Hebrew word yom, mm-hmm. it, it's used at other times uh, in the Old Testament uh, to describe something other than a 24-hour period. And, and you know, we, we do this as well in the way that we uh, speak about periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we say, and, and in that day. And in that day. You don't mean a specific day. We you mean, mean that period time period. Time. Yeah. Um, you know, and that day of the medieval nights. Yeah. Or the, for instance. the day of God's wrath. Yeah. The day of God's wrath. Is that a particular day or is it a period of time? I mean, so, yeah. so you, and I could go through there. There are several examples in like Ecclesiastes seven fourteen, where Solomon talks the day of pro, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. Mm-hmm. So you get one day of prosperity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so you have those kinds yeah. of, of phrases in the old Testament where that same word is used, mm-hmm. but it's obvious from the context of those words uh, that, that, that word day is being used to describe a longer period of time mm-hmm. than a 24 hour day like we would think of. So what what we know about the way we read scripture is context determines meaning. Mm-hmm. And so in the way that you read the, the the context that helps you to understand what that word means in the context. So the most natural way obviously to read Genesis 1 is to read Genesis 1 as 7 days. Mm-hmm. Like we would think about. I mean, right. you have morning and evening. It was the first day, morning and evening. So that 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 is the most natural way to read Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. But still, even though that's the most natural way to read Genesis 1, you will have people say, wait a minute, no, this word is used in different ways. And so this could be a long period of time. Again, and also understanding that um, I mean, when, when Moses records this, uh, he, he again, he's not trying to teach a science. Right. He's not, I mean, you know, I, I think the most natural reading is seven days, mm-hmm. 24 hour periods of time. But I also understand that what Moses is trying to do is to point us to God and say, man, God is a powerful creator. You see what I'm saying? And so again, um, my preference would be this, these are seven days, 24 hour periods. But again, those are, there are those who would say, no, it could be a long period of time, like Francis Chaper, for example. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just think that, uh, you know, when we have to look at the word of God and we understand that the blood of Christ is spilled on every page, that we've got to be very careful about how we approach it and just trying to make it a history book or a textbook. Not that it's not historical and not that it's not scientific, but that, you know, when we try to make it that, make it something that was never intended to be, I think we're on dangerous ground. But uh, that's just my opinion (laughs) as we speak about it. Well, again, as we read scripture, we read it in context and do your best to understand those words in the context in which they are written. Uh, And and then sometimes that's the best we can do is just do our best to read it in the context and understand Mm -hmm. the heart of the passage. All right, well, let's talk about number three under old earth creationists, and that is uh, the age of the human race. What do so, we mean yeah, by so that? Yeah, so what I mean by that, Trey, is that many young earth creationists would say that, you know, the the, the earth is somewhere between 6,000 to 10,000 years old. That, that would be where many young earth creationists fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the old earth creationists would say, um, no, 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 no. Uh, and you can Google this, right? If you were right. to Google this, I mean, science, modern science, not talking about Christians, just modern scientists, mm-hmm. uh, would say that the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Right. 
That's a long time. That is a long time. I don't even know. I don't even know I, what that number means. I don't but. either. And how we get there again? <laughs> I'm not a scientist, nor have I done enough research in that area to know how we even get there. But I mean, I know there's all these tools of dating and what have you, and fossil records and carbon dating and how they. Anyway, that I need, we need somebody here who's much smarter than we are. At least that's their area expertise yes, to talk through that with us. Because I just haven't done enough research to be up on those things. But man, four 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 point five billion seems to be a very long time to me. <laughs> So, like I said, wild. I can't even fathom that number. No, but. no. Uh, so, you know, and and um, modern science would say that dinosaurs, because we all know about dinosaurs, mm. they would have appeared on the have appeared on the earth about sixty five million years before humans. Mm-hmm. So dinosaurs are extinct before humans appear, mm. according to modern science. Mm-hmm. And so then you would have old Earth creationists, and old Earth creationists uh, again would would all have different perspectives of the exact age of the earth. I'm sure there would be some that would say the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Um, there would be even some old earth creationists that would say that God used the evolutionary process mm. to bring about the existence of humanity. Mm. Uh, so you have those as well. Um, you know, there will be some old earth creationists that would say, well, maybe not 4.5 billion, but you know, hundred million years. I mean, there it's all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but, but, what I think many old earth creationists, now these are believers right. that would believe that, again, the earth is older rather than younger, would would say that, you know, as far as when humanity appeared, uh, probably somewhere between forty and 50,000 years ago. Because if you go back and look at the way we date things, again, whether, and I know we would, some of us would argue that the way uh, that we arrived at these dates in modern science is flawed, uh, but according to the way we date things, it seems as if there is an explosion of um, development, you know, building, whatever, between 40 and 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, but honestly, for me, and um, 40 to 50,000 years ago to me still seems kind of young earthish. I have no issue with that age. Yeah, I really None. don't either. That None. still seems kind of young earthish yeah. to me. Um, that's a lot younger than 4.5 billion years ago. Yeah, give me, give me the, you know, anything in the thousands I'm okay with. <laughs> right. Just don't give me the 4.5 billion. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. I just so, can't deal with that. But anyway, so I mean, that, that would be what they would say though. I mean, um, that they would use that as an argument mm-hmm. for older, that cre- people didn't even start existing until 50,000 years ago and dinosaurs are here 65 million, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, so I you know. don't say them. Yeah. All right, so we have this idea of the age of the human race that makes makes a difference, but we also have this thing called the gap theory. All right, so you learned about this in seminary, Trey. I did. I learned about this in seminary. Uh, this was made popular. I actually learned it initially from my Schofield study Bible. Yeah, I was about to say, this was made yeah. popular by a guy named Schofield yeah. who did Schofield study Bible that may, maybe if, if you're listening and that was a popular study Bible mm-hmm. back in your day, Trey. Mm-hmm. It was back 150 years ago. It what was. Was, your, was that your first study Bible, a Schofield Bible yeah, study? It, it certainly was. Was it really? I, I didn't even know there was another kind of study Bible. My first study you know? Bible was a Rowry study Bible. That was my second. That was your second? Yeah, it really was. That was I, my I, second, I, so. I, Benefited greatly from that study Bible. It was great. I mean, Amen. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot from it. I did too. Then a lot of it got corrected later on, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> it is a good study Bible. It's a very good study Bible. It was one of the top back in its day, but at any rate. Um, what we're talking about, oh, gap theory. So yeah. that was kind of made popular by Schofield mm-hmm. through that study Bible. But what, and to me, this is wild. And, and, but, but I know there are a lot of 
Christians that hold to this theory and understand that. And there's lots of modifications on the gap theory. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of give you the basis and uh, just know there's lots of variations. Uh, so the gap theory says, okay, between Genesis 1-1 mm-hmm. and Genesis 1-2, there's a gap in history. So if you remember, you read Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, or something along mm-hmm. those lines, right. right? And then God said, let there be light. So some, so there's a gap between the heavens and the earth, earth without form, and then when God actually said, let there be light. There's a gap of time mm-hmm. that could have been Four billions and a half years, billions, billions, trillions, whatever, whatever number you want. Whatever you plug a number in there, there's a gap there in, yeah. in, in history, which... I guess that helps you if you want to get to be to the old earth idea mm-hmm. to, to talk about a gap. And, and, and so somewhere in that gap, a lot of people who hold to this theory would say in that gap somewhere is where, you know, Satan fell and the demons rebelled and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, okay. But the, the issue is it's hard to read that in Genesis one, one and one, two, I agree. The, the text gives us no indication whatsoever that there's a gap. All it says is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Earth was without form or void, whatever the case may be, depending on your translation. And then God said, let there be light. Mm-hmm. That's what the text says. Mm-hmm. There is no indication of a gap there. I'm no. not saying there's not. I just have a hard time seeing that from the text itself. Yeah, I think if uh, it's also a dangerous position because we can start saying, well, you know, that just wasn't included. Yeah. I mean, what do you, whatever you want to put in here, I guess they would say years or what we're talking about, but it just is a dangerous way to do any kind of interpretation. Of right, it is. And there's nowhere else in Scripture that gives us any indication of a mm-hmm. gap. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So just from the, the Bible record itself, that, to me, and again, I know there might be those out there who might argue, um, you know, for that gap position. I completely understand that. Uh, but for me, personally, I just don't see how you square that with the biblical text itself. I guess they, that was when all this war was going on in heaven and things like that. Right, and, right, you know. right. And that would also give you, you know, the dinosaurs and uh-huh. time for that. But, but you know, if we take the, the creation account surface face face value, right, for what the text actually says, dinosaurs would have been when? Mm-hmm. Day six. Yeah. When God when created the it, when animals, we were created, and, yeah. yeah. So, I think there were dinosaurs, don't you? I think there's plenty oh, of evidence. Of course, of course. <laughs> but but, but there there were dinosaurs when Adam and Eve. Well, that'd been pretty cool, right? To be in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and here comes a, turn around and oh, the There's T Rex. How you yeah, doing? T-Rex. You know, but hey, everything before the fall was perfect. So I guess you could pet T Rex. <laughs> I and, guess so, man. Could be your pet. I, you know, wild. Who knows? All right. Well, modern science is another issue we need to deal with. A okay, little so bit. this is where I have no expertise whatsoever. Okay, I took one science class in college. Yeah, I was not. Yeah. Yeah. And I took this class called uh, environmental science. Oh, boy. Was yeah. it easy? No, I made a oh, C in it. It was supposed oh, to be easy. It was supposed to be like an easy A, but I, I couldn't do even an easy A in that class. I made a C. By the skin of my teeth, I made a C. I know we're going to run out of time, Trey, but, but the, here it was, a, it was a class on how to take care of the environment. Uh-huh. Who doesn't want to take care of the environment, yeah, right? So recycle your stuff. We took a field trip to the waste um, the, the waste management place, yeah, yeah. the water, wastewater treatment plant. Okay. That was a smelly trip. <laughs> you know, they have a playground in Mount Pleasant right next to the oh, wastewater man, and it smells stunk, of that man. place. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, just, that was a disgusting <laughs> trip. But, but one of our experiments, this is, I, I know we're going to run out of town. We try to keep this thing to 30 minutes or less, but this is a, I just want to tell you this. Go ahead. We, we, uh, one of the experiments was we had to spend a whole day. Now watch this. This was, this was the class and I still made a C in it. <laughs> I, the experience, we had to spend a whole day watching a duck, oh. a duck, 
One duck. We had to gather early in the morning and sit in the park and find a duck. And then journal all day long what that duck did. (laughs) That was the... And I made a C in the class. I couldn't even watch a duck. Yeah, I was going to say, what was up with that? I don't know, man. I somehow messed that up. But my duck watching skills are terrible. I'd have been a terrible duck hunter. So what you're saying is you're not much of a scientist. That's what I was getting to. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So here we are. Um, But, but, you know, this is kind of the young earth argument, or excuse me, the old earth argument that we have to take science into consideration, which Mm. we would agree Mm. uh, that, that, you know, there's not a conflict between the Bible and science, but, you know, how we interpret the data sometimes Mm -hmm. might be different. And I think that's where a website like Answers in Genesis tries to interpret the data through a, um, through a young earth perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but an old earth creationist will be very sensitive to the science and what science says and all those kinds of things. And, and I, and I get that, but, and again, I don't know these things, but science talks about the expansion of the universe and how much time it took for the universe to expand. Science talks about stars and how for the light for a star to get to earth right, would take right. millions of years. I mean, just, just wild stuff or ice layers or coral reefs mm-hmm. and how that stuff develops. I mean, I know we might say, you know, things like how the, the flood mm-hmm. just radically altered the face of the earth, you know, and it might've hurried that process mm-hmm. up as far as, you know, the ice layers and the coral reefs and all those kinds of things. But, 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 but old earth creationists would say, okay, you, you got to consider all these things. And, and and how that fits into our understanding of the biblical narrative. So, modern science. Okay. Well, let's jump into young earth creationism and just kind of talk about that for a minute and kind of explain what we're talking about there. Okay. So, let me put my cards on the table. When it comes sure. to this particular issue, old earth creation, young earth creation, Pastor Tommy, what are you? What are you, Pastor Tommy? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm glad you just threw it <laughs> yeah, out there right? for us. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, like a lot of issues, I understand that this is not, again, a primary issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there are some good arguments for old earth creationism. And I think there are good, some good arguments for young earth crea- mm-hmm. creationism. I probably lean uh, more young earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are times I, like, okay, well, that makes sense for old earth. So, you know, I, I, I think I feel most comfortable young earth in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable in the thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? I'm yeah, perfectly comfortable there. Yeah. Um, and so what a young earth creationist would say, you, you, you take all this data and look at it. A young earth creationist would say, you know, well, God created a mature earth. Mm-hmm. You've heard that, haven't yeah, you, right? That obviously when, when the Bible talks about Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were not created as little babies. Yeah, they were created with age. They, they were created as man and woman, yeah. you know, full grown man. And so, so we're saying God created a mature earth that, that like he created Adam and Eve as mature people, that he also, the rest of his creation was, he put them in a garden Mm -hmm. where there were trees that were already matured, that were bearing fruit. He put them in a world where things were already, so in in a sense then, Trey, I guess what we're saying is that when when God created the heavens and the earth, he created the earth in such a way that it already looked aged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Right. That it had already matured. And so, so young earth creationists would say that's that's the way it happened. And that would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know that he created Adam and Eve as mature, and we know he put them in a garden with lots of fruit. So those trees were already created that way. So anyway, so so a young earth creationist would say that God creates a mature earth. It's, you know, the straightforward reading of Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. Um, again, while it doesn't give us a date, a straightforward reading of Genesis 1 is God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. Mm-hmm. That's straightforward. I agree. And I mean, you know, again, I know we're going to have the argument about what yom means and is it an age or is it a day, Straightforward, six days. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, that's just, you, you can't argue. That's just straightforward reading it, right? And so the, the young earth creationists would take a, a, a very 
straightforward reading of Genesis chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, a young earth creationist would would call into question some of the ways that you know scientists interpret data, mm-hmm. carbon dating, the fossil record, all mm-hmm. those kinds of things, and how those things are interpreted. A young earth creationist uh, would also, like we talked about briefly, uh, look at the flood, mm-hmm. you know, in Genesis chapter six, and just talk about how uh, geologically the flood had a tremendous impact on the features of the world. Uh, so, so those things are, that could have taken yeah, millions yeah. or billions of years only took moments, right? Because with the, the massive, the massive rush of amount water. of water yeah. that flooded over the earth, and so now again, we, we're not spending a lot of time with this, but uh, because we're out of time, but but you know, I mean, those would be some of the things that young Earth creationists would say. I, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, and it's a question that a lot of us, I think, probably ask: How old is the Earth? Mm-hmm. But again, as we end our time talking about this issue, remembering that how old is the earth was probably not the question that the ancient Hebrews were asking. They were asking, who is our God? Mm-hmm. Amen. And Moses says in Genesis 1, this is who your God is. He is powerful. He, he, he creates by the power of his word out of nothing. Mm. This is who your God is. He is king, mm. right? Exactly. Not Pharaoh who had you in captivity. This God who has made you in his image, he is king. Mm. He rests. His work is finished as far as his creative work. He's a good king. He's created you in his image. He's created you a purpose and mission uh, to, to rule with him, right? Have dominion over the earth. This is who your God is. I think that was the question that the ancient Hebrews were asking far more than they were asking how old is the earth. I think how old is the earth is a fun question to ask. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting to dive into this subject, uh, but just understand when we ask that question, um, you know, the Bible doesn't give us the answer for that question, how old is the earth? Uh, but the Bible does certainly give us the answer to the question, who is our God? Amen. And that's what Amen. we need to be concerned about as followers. Yes, who's our God and how do we live in relationship with him? Amen. That's what the Bible is about. And that's what we're covering in Genesis. That's so exactly come, right. Come in here on Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, come in here or go back and check it on the podcast yeah, website. Yeah. Uh, catch those sermons that you might have missed. Amen. Well, Pastor, why don't you close us out as we get ready for next week? All right, we do hope this has been helpful for you in some ways, maybe enlightened you just a bit, and we hope you've enjoyed the conversation. If you have, we encourage you to hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. That helps us get the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.